Yeah. Can I be honest? I really did not think that the Kings had a chance to win that series until they won game six. I'm like, okay, this is actually going to happen. And then Steph, 50. It's like I, I was on the other side. I was with the Warriors the whole way right up until the end. And then never mind breaking my heart. I know that they absolutely stuck the dagger in for you, Taylor. Even the first half of yesterday's game, I don't know. I just I just felt like Curry was going to come out and do that thing that he does, and he did. They were up two, two at halftime, something like that. Yeah, but they, I mean, they looked good, making some shots. Yeah. Sabonis yeah. finally came out to play, and then everybody he, forgot I, I, how to I, I, play. I, I, I got to be honest, I was I was actually very impressed. I mean, with Sabonis, no, I, I was impressed with the Kings. Oh. That the fact that remember we said they got to win the first two games, they did, mm-hmm. and then. Because we said when they won the first two games, okay, now we have a series. Because you knew it was going to go back to Golden State. Golden State, they're going to do their thing. Golden State wins game three. They screw up game four. That's the Harrison Barnes shot that he ends up missing. I still strongly disagree with the screw up part of it. He missed a shot. That's not a screw up. No, no, no. The screw up of the Golden State Warriors calling timeout. They were down five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad. Um, So they they go with that was a screw up. They end up they end up having a chance. They lose that game, and then game five in Sacramento, the Warriors win it. So the Warriors basically win three games in a row. Mm -hmm. They're going for their fourth straight win. Even yesterday, as I'm sitting there. Golden or uh, the Kings win obviously Game Six in uh, in Golden State. I'm still like, damn, this came out of nowhere. This team came out of nowhere. They gave such a a, a run for their money to the defending NBA champs. If they'd have played Memphis, I'd have been disappointed in them. If they'd have played, yeah, some of these other teams that are out in the first round, yeah, I would have. So close. They were so close, especially winning in San Francisco. It had they lost Game Six. In San Francisco, then then I'm kind of where you are, but they grabbed it back. That doesn't happen often. Th- that's what I mean. They you grabbed it back. Five, six, and seven all went to the road teams. Where the, all of a sudden you're going back in, and it's not like this is a I don't know I don't pick a team that just doesn't have a great home court advantage. It's just, they're just kind of out there. Yeah. The Kings have a decided home court advantage. And so loud. I get, I get that Steph went nuts. I get that he's the first player ever to have 50 in a Game 7. And there probably isn't an answer to that, but that they, they did seem a little whoa boy in Game 7, that Sabonis was just okay in the entire series. Got to get some rebounds too, guys. I yeah. mean, that third quarter. It, just the, like, the whole thing just felt a little big for them. That, and that, it was the first time the whole series where it did. That worries me a little bit. I know he's not a big name, and I, I get it. Looney's a freaking key piece to that damn puzzle. Who Lakers thought are a too? lot bigger than the, than the Warriors, though. They are bigger, but they're going to body AD similar where they're going to play big, they're going to play tough. Draymond's going to do what he does. Um, Looney's just, he's just that perfect guy nobody talks about that does all those little small things that when you look at championship teams, you need a player like that. All right, I want to get back to the Lakers here in a second. 877-710-ESPN if you want to get in and talk about the second-round matchup that starts tomorrow against the Golden State Warriors. But Dodgers got their first three-game sweep of the season. Yep, They beat the Cardinals three in a row. The Cardinals are off to a bad start. They're just 10-18 and 18 on the season, 5-10 and 10 away from home. Um, got to beat the teams in front of you. So For, for, you for sure, and they, they did a good job, but – Something's happening that it's a little LeBron-y 
right? It's it's a little bit like LeBron in that you just kind of, oh, yeah, he's just a great player, and you just take it for granted a little bit. Clayton Kershaw was flirting with a perfect game late into Friday night's contest. Mm -hmm. He finishes with seven innings, only gives up two hits. He strikes out nine, gives up no runs, doesn't walk anybody, and the Dodgers win a close game one to nothing. And it wasn't just, hey, you know, the old guy still got it. Every once in a while, he can hop in that time machine and go back and throw something together. It's He's 5-1 and one on the season. He's the best pitcher in the National League, arguably. Under 2 ERA, too. He, he's first in record, 5-1. and mm -hmm. one. He's fourth in strikeouts with 41. He's only wow. walked five guys. He's, he's had six starts. He's walked five people in six starts. He's number one in whip at 0 0.76. Wow. He's fourth best in ERA at 189. And he leads the National League in innings pitched. This is not just a, hey, he had a good night. He had a great month. This is vintage Kershaw kind of stuff. And it's not because he's throwing 97 miles an hour and just wiping guys out with electric stuff. His stuff is still really good. But the velocity he's down, he's just pitching his ass mm. off. That You watch him. You, you will not see too many guys get worse swings off of 90-mile-an-hour pitches in the major leagues than you do against Clayton Kershaw. They're missing the ball. They couldn't hit it with a tennis racket. He's just absolutely dominating people despite the fact that he's at this stage in his career, despite the fact that at the end of every year, like, is he, is he going to retire? Is he going to go away? Hershiser was talking about the weekend. I know that on the days he pitches, it's Clayton Kershaw Appreciation Day. It's like, yeah, sure, but it's also, this is our best guy going out there to absolutely wipe someone out again. Yeah. It's not supposed to be like this. That's the good news. The good news is he has been, I mean, it, it depends how you want to look at it, right? He's been the best Dodger pitcher by a mile in this first month. Now, if you want to look at it and say, wow, he's still putting up numbers like this, he's dominating like this, he's got numbers that are comparable to any pitcher in the NL, any pitcher really in baseball, you could look at it that way. Or you could also say, um, man, I wish Julio, whose last two starts, hasn't been, a, been as fresh. Three. Three starts. The last two were bad. The one before that was just merely okay. So it's, it's, almost, it's almost as if um, – if Kershaw hasn't been this good, now you're a team where you're just a couple of games over 500. You've kind of been back and forth, win a couple, lose a couple. They've had a nice little stretch here. Um, they took the series against, I want to say Pittsburgh, and Split then and Pittsburgh, then two apiece, two apiece, yeah. and then and then get what they got here with um, with you know obviously uh, sweeping the Cardinals. I guess my question to you is this: Is this something that there isn't a bigger Kershaw fan than you? How surprised are you that he's sitting here and you're pointing out these numbers or is it because we're still so early in the season that part of you also thinks that things will probably average out as we go look he's not going to have a 189 era over a six-month season that's not going to happen he's not going to have a whip that's 0.76 which is just stupid but he's clearly still capable of pitching at an incredibly high level the water look we're at a, we're in the window now where he could take a break and whether it's, you know, his back acts up or whatever it might be. But, you know, for the last few years, Clayton Kershaw has not pitched a full season. He starts and then he comes back and he sits down for a week or so and sure there's comes some back again. Strategy there, of course. Sits back down again somewhere in August, you know, yep. early August, late July, and then you ramp him back up and he's ready to go, which I think you'll probably get some more of this. But I think what's interesting, and you're talking about this, Julio was supposed to be the guy this year, yeah. right? He was the guy that was going to anchor this, and he's going to go out there every fifth day and just say, okay, tonight we've got a great chance of winning this Your game. Your opening day starter. 
that's been Kershaw. It hasn't been Julio so far this year. And what's really fascinating is to kind of really jump ahead. And I mentioned this to Emily the other day. The Dodger rotation this year, it is what it is, and they're they're kind of mixing and matching. And I think you're going to get a good look at Gavin Stone, who's going to pitch coming up here in a couple of days. He's one of their prospects. I think Wednesday. We'll see what it looks like. He's he's supposed to be really really good. Um, but l- l- can I be wildly optimistic here for a second? Yeah. And this is crazy crazy optimistic for what the Dodger rotation could look like a year from now. Okay, you could have Julio Urias. You could have Shohei Otani. You could have Walker Bueller, who's going to be back next year as well, who, when he's right, is one of the best pitchers in the National League. And then in that fourth spot, you could have some combination either or of Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin. Whose name I haven't said? Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Hmm. He could be your fourth or fifth guy, and he right now is the best pitcher in the National League. I know that that's fantasy land stuff that Otani and Urias, probably not super likely. Fine, Otani and bring Bueller back. It's an mm-hmm. unbelievable embarrassment of riches if he can keep doing this. And every time he goes out there, you think, okay, maybe today's the day that it's not quite what it's looked like. He's been brilliant. That performance on Friday night was like Clayton Kershaw from six or seven years mm-hmm. ago, where you're like, this, not only do they not have a chance to win, he might throw a perfect game. He might throw a no hitter. This may end in a special way. Instead, he only gave up two hits through seven innings. It was it was extraordinary. Is there any way that they keep all of those pitchers, though, if they get Otani? Wouldn't they have to at some point, if they had to do a trade um, this year? Well, so here's the thing. Yes, what you said is true. The Julio you, one is the, is the question but, mark. Yeah, but a trade, yeah, you're going to lose Gonsolin or May or one of these guys in a trade, almost for sure. There's no guarantee that they have to trade for him. Mm-hmm. They could just sign him. And the and and the, the or the Angels could be competitive enough to not trade him. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And the the Julio Urias part of this is he may decide that this is the best place for him. The Dodgers are going to be close with money. They're not going to lowball him if they decide. Look, I am a, a guy that's wildly popular in the community, wildly popular with Dodger fans, wildly popular with baseball fans, and we're going to win. Do I want to go take the Angels just to use somebody else in the market? Their extra $6 million a year? No, I'm just going to stay right here. It's a long shot, but it's not a zero shot. They have um, they have kind of, in a weird way, every night just kind of seeing the Dodgers and seeing the dust settle and one month now into the season, there's always kind of this curiosity, especially coming into the year, them and the Padres going back and forth. I know you have had your... The way we've both almost talked about our teams, I've had much more negative things to say about the Padres. You've had more positive, and I feel like I've talked a lot more positive of what I've seen the Dodgers so far, and you kind of more in the middle. Not negative, but I'd say more in the middle. Still trying to figure it out. It's it's still kind of it's fascinating to see. We're one month into the year, and I feel like there's so many storylines already. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun battle for the division but i think for the dodgers the kershaw thing is one of the more surprising things to see okay so there's the optimistic view of what's going on with kershaw and the optimistic view of how this team is playing right now their bullpen's been better three games sleep they're three games over 500 for the first time all year etc 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 the schedule starts getting very hard tonight month of may we talked about it they open with the phillies Mm -hmm. here's an alarming alarming thing with the dodgers they have five different players that are regular players on this team. Not a starter every night, but play regularly that are batting under 200. Chris Taylor's batting 167. David Peralta's batting 167. Trace Thompson's batting 156. Miguel Rojas is batting 125. Hmm. 
Austin Barnes is batting 093. How about him getting the RBI? On, and, and they got the on one Saturday. run, right? Yeah. He got the, the base hit that scored Outman. Mm-hmm. But you can have you can have Cody Bellinger bat 170 at the bottom of your lineup because everyone else is doing what they're supposed to do. Yep. You can survive with Max Muncie scuffling a little bit because everyone else is doing what they're supposed to do. It's too much, too much it's percentage way of your lineup. Too yeah. many guys that are regular parts of what it is. And by the way, they got a Mookie's batting two thirty something. Mm-hmm. They, they they do not have a bunch. Freddie Freeman's where he's supposed to be. Muncy's Muncy's yep. either hitting home runs or not getting hits. Mm-hmm. He's a boom or bust for sure. But this is this is a weird thing with the Dodgers this year, where half of their regular guys are struggling to beat the Mendoza line. That that just will not work. Not sustainable. The the yeah, no, I mean, no simple chance. as that. Not sustainable. Did you watch that Mexico City series at all with the Padres? Yeah. yeah. They they can't put a team there. We've come to that conclusion. Ten home runs in one game. I, I don't. It and if you didn't, like a lot. If, if you didn't watch it, there were just regular routine, <laughs> just fly balls that you you thought were. And by the way, you know how you know some of that. It's because Machado's not hitting. Soto hasn't been hitting. That there are guys that have not been hitting. And Machado looked like Shohei <laughs> in Mexico City. Could is that be something that catches fire, though? You know how you talk about baseball where, you know, if you have one good day, could it like, change everything, the trajectory? Could that be what's happening? Well, they can, they can convince themselves. Yesterday's game was much more just a regular traditional. game. It was 4-4 in the eighth. I think yeah. Padres won 6-4, whatever it was. It was much more traditional. But... Nobody's, and I'm just assuming the way that baseball works, nobody is going to tell themselves why well, I hit those two home runs no. because I was in Mexico City. No, you could not be more right, Emily, that it doesn't matter if you get them off of, you know, Jacob DeGrom, who's hurt again, by the way. We'll talk about that later. Or you get them off the, the shortstop that's mopping up the ninth inning of a blowout game. Merrill Kelly. If you, <laughs> if you get hits. You start feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. If you don't get hits, it doesn't matter if it's against Degrom or Merrill Kelly, like you're saying. You feel like crap about it. Yeah, and they were for a team, especially the Padres. They were they're just so hot and cold on offense most of the time. Cold. They scored sixteen. They scored twenty two runs over the weekend. They only played Saturday Sunday. Four sets of back to back home runs. That that had never happened yes. before in Major League Baseball. Four different times the Giants and the Padres went back to back in that game. It's so funny too because just. Seeing the ball come off the bat, a lot of times you can tell. The ball comes off the bat, the the just the way the center fielder or right or left, how they react. These guys are just like staring at a ball, just wouldn't stop. It just keeps it just kept going. Well, when you're at what I don't know what Mexico City. Seven thousand. It's higher than Denver. Like yeah. significantly. I think seven thousand, something like that elevation. Seems seems pretty high. Yeah. I wouldn't have pitched well. I didn't pitch well at sea level. I really wouldn't have pitched well at uh, seven thousand feet. Weird stat in the NBA. Weird one through eight. We got eight teams left. We have one from every seed. Is that a good deal? That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Big E on Twitter, Slee, says, uh, who's been injured more, street clothes Trav or AD? Well, I don't like looking at it like that because Anthony Davis's missed time is very frustrating for me. And he's much better than I was, but I, I guess I guess as an adult, I've missed some time along the way. Pretty I didn't close. miss a ton as a uh, as a younger man. It's because all your injuries, you know, all the stories that you had going down. So I like how you had a ranking of somebody said something about having a snake draft of just your injuries. <laughs> You're on another one. You can you guys can decide where you want to slot this one. It's a good thing he doesn't stretch, right? <laughs> These yeah, are not stretch. the yeah, back one may have been stretching related. I, I'll give you that one. Well, that one's a we all remember when we were just doing a show. You pulled a hammy or whatever. You cramp. Pulled. It happens. I was a little dehydrated. It happens. You can get a, you can get a cramp anywhere. You guys should know that by now. So. We're at the golf course, and we're pulling along. You know how uh, on the golf cart path, sometimes there's a curb yeah, on, yeah. on one side? And so I got the golf cart a little bit closer to the curb than I probably should have. It, okay. was, it was just wide enough to put my foot in there if my f- shoe was parallel to the curb. Okay. Okay? So I, I put my foot in there, and then as I went to step out of the golf cart, my, my foot rotated to turn. So the toe hits the curb. The heel is now underneath the golf cart, and I'm pinned in. But I've already decided that I'm coming out of the cart, oh, right? So I've thrown my momentum this way, and I can't stop. Like, I've already started to go. You're committed. I'm committed. Yeah. And I'm thinking, my foot is going to tear off. I'm going to have one of those terrible injuries where your foot's pointed in totally the wrong direction. And all of this is going through my head in the fraction of a second it takes for me to fall to the ground as I'm falling over my shoe came off. Thank God. Oh, you got luck. My shoe got pulled off by the golf cart, and I just fell down onto the ground, embarrassingly enough. But I was one, if the shoe were tied a little bit tighter, I probably snapped And that was the moment you found Jesus. That was the moment I said, better park that cart a little bit further away from the curb. <laughs> not not your thing. My, my solution was, eh, got to do a better job parking. The Lord spoke to me. It was closely. I'm so you glad. You know exactly. What it's like I'm so glad you said what you said that your shoe came shoe came off. Off. Yeah, yeah. That was another embarrassing. That's moment. scary. That was another one that happened. Along we have way. enough now for all of us to pick between <laughs> your injuries. You guys should do a snake draft of. My we actually injuries. each have six. We have it's enough there for us to do six for there, Thursday. There, there's plenty of them along the way. Uh, let's try a quick phone call. Let's go to Oxnard and Brian. Brian, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Brian. Hello, you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Brian. Hey, so quick question, man. Uh, I know you're a huge Kershaw fan, as we all are, that are Dodger fans. And there is an option, possibility, hopefully we're all hoping that we can land uh, Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. How would you personally feel as a huge Kershaw fan if the way he's pitching right now, I believe he's on a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But uh, if he had to be included at the chip to get Otani, is it a thing where you can't do that out of loyalty? Or do you look beyond that to get the guy you want? Well, okay, so so here's the thing, Brian. I think that's a scenario that is not likely to happen. Like Unless we, you're the we, Angels we and they're just looking for like a curveball that they just want. That, that you do not trade away the best player, maybe ever. Time will tell. He's got a long way to go. But arguably the best player in baseball right now for an aging veteran 
who could probably, best case scenario, help you for the rest of this season. They want him as a throw-in. Right. It's just the only reason you would ask for such a thing is literally out of spite. Yeah. Now, if, if you want to just think about it theoretically, it's interesting. I I would hate to see it happen. But I had if, had this ever come to your mind because that, that's no it's, because it's, it's, an, it's just not going to happen. But it's such an interesting of hey, you got the prospects you wanted, and then you got the players that you wanted, and then they just said, and we would like Clayton Kershaw as well. <laughs> I have an answer for this, and I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Do you remember how frustrated I was that Justin Turner was leaving the team? Yeah. Okay. How do you think I'd feel about Clayton Kershaw leaving the team? As much as Justin Turner meant to this era of Dodger baseball, Justin Turner's not going to the Hall of Fame. Justin Turner is not the greatest Dodger of all time. Clayton Kershaw is both of those things. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, and he's the best Dodger pitcher of all time. So I hate the concept of it. But if you're telling me, I know what you're going to do. The price of getting Otani is you have to do something like that. That is the most bloodless, cold-blooded decision that you would ever have to make. I think you probably have to do. Yeah, That's I was one say, of those. Go ahead and say I, it. I, I have to do it. I would hate every single minute of it. Well, here's the funny. But you'd thing. have to do it, right? Funny. And he's also pitching well, right? Yeah. Like he's still. He's not at the age of his stage of his career where it's like, ah, you're not really paying all that much attention. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. But it, it's a. Uh, Unless Artie Moreno's listening right now, he probably was not thinking of that. And it's like, okay, that's an interesting one. <laughs> get, get him on the phone. Get Andrew Friedman on the phone. Very quickly, just to kind of give you one, one more Dodger thing I was thinking about this weekend. Jacob deGrom is hurt again. Yeah. He's made three starts for the Angel, or the uh, Rangers. He's had to leave two of them early with forearm uh, tightness. Tyler Anderson is not pitching well for the Angels. Clayton Kershaw is dealing for the Dodgers. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard just got his first win for the Dodgers yesterday. Um, I'm not saying that the Dodgers haven't made some mistakes, but their track record on who to go after aggressively and who to let walk away at their number is really remarkable because Anderson was great for them, but they said, we, we, we can't do that. Good luck to you. They never really jumped in with both feet to try to go get Jacob deGrom, who's on the beginning of a five-year deal, and he's banged up again they didn't super go hard at justin verlander for the term max scherzer same thing their ability well, to scherzer, say they were able to get they know, got what, what they, they needed got, to get out yeah. of it and, and then, then they decided on. and trey turner and then yeah their, their track record and they're not perfect nobody is mm-hmm. but they're as close to being able to see the future when it comes to pitchers as any team i've ever seen i, w- I wouldn't even stop at pitching i mean just the the ability to kind of put together the roster that they've done um, even this year where there's the most question marks about the Dodgers, it's this year because they lost guys, they didn't reload. Now they're bringing guys up from the system to give them opportunities in the major leagues, and here they are still um, right at the front of the division. And it just kind of continues to show if if one team like the Padres had to go spend as much as they did just to put together this kind of a lineup, you're obviously – it's a dangerous game that the Padres are playing, but it's pro- it's not the only game they could play, but it's a dangerous one. All right, so with the Warriors winning yesterday, yep. this is the first time this has ever happened in the history of the NBA playoffs. Okay. We have one team from every seeding left in the playoffs. Had no idea, by the way. Yeah, well, it, it's and we'll talk about the why. The Nuggets are a first seed, Celtics two, right on down the line. 76ers, Suns, Knicks, Warriors, Lakers, Heat. Okay. You have eight teams left, and you have one from one through eight along the way. I think it's just more of an oddity than anything else. But we were talking about this with Kawhi Leonard yesterday in the Clipper on Friday in the Clippers. And do you run it back? What do you decide sure, to do? Sure. And all these things. 
Is this not a little bit of what we were talking about, that seeding doesn't really matter all that much if you have a veteran team, if you've got a team like the Lakers and the Warriors and the Suns? They're not the fourth, sixth, and seventh best teams left in the NBA, but here we are. So do you agree with this, that for certain teams, seeding is very, very important? And for other teams, it's just not. So I think that teams like the Kings needed home court. Well, they still ended up losing. But the chances of them starting out the series 2 nothing and building some momentum was really, it's not going to be in their favor. The Lakers clearly, one game into the series, had already won that road game. Home court wasn't going to be the difference. I just think it, it depends who's on that team, where that franchise is, how much of them have experience, how much of them don't. It's not. There's not a perfect science to it. I'd have thought the Knicks needed home court against the Cavs. Yeah, they didn't. Right? I, there, there's certain they teams smoked that them. there's certain teams that don't have the experience. I'd have thought Miami, just as an example, to an extent, Miami closed it out in Milwaukee. Yeah, they didn't need it. So there's a little bit. That's of, a weird one because I know they were there a couple Milwaukee years ago. Milwaukee as a number one mm-hmm. is. That that didn't feel like ah we got that's a weird number one and a, a weird eight got a weird one feels like a weird eight went up against a legitimate one and still clipped them which I, is unusual. I think what's more fascinating, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, aside from the seating, we could have five different people give us five different answers of who they think there's going to win. Of those eight teams left, I think there are only two on that list that you could say I just can't envision a scenario where they win an NBA championship. And I, I think that we probably would both have the two. There are eight Nuggets, Celtics, Sixers, Suns, Knicks, Warriors, Lakers, Heat. I think there are only two teams that I would be absolutely shocked if they won an NBA title out of that group. It's funny. I, I think I'm leaning towards – I mean, listen, it depends what your definition of shocked is. I don't think the Knicks are, are going to win That's an NBA one. championship. I could make an argument that – the Heat have been to the NBA Finals. Yeah. So I can make a little bit of an argument there that... and You you would not be particularly... I mean, surprised. I would sure. be surprised. But I would be just stunned. Just the fact that stunned. they've already been there. It's Eric Spolstra as stunned. well on the other side. I would be absolutely... This team, that, right? That the, Milwaukee this team. An eight seed. Yeah. Well, an the eight, eight seed doesn't even... I, but I, Jimmy Butler is a great player, but Jimmy Butler isn't Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler isn't Jokic. He's not Steph Curry. He's not LeBron James. He he's really good. And I don't mean to throw cold water on him, but he's not but one I get of your those point. guys. I know your point. He's I, not I, a bead. He's not an MVP candidate, I guess, is what I'm getting at. What I guess for me, it's the Knicks are the one that's the one that stands yeah. out out of all of them. You, the Heat. We should see what the odds are. You should, you should, if you're feeling that, well, you and, should get down and, on and that. And the only reason why I mentioned it too, and I think this is the point that you were trying to come to, okay, there's six teams, let's say, seven at the most. Let's just stay with the six. How many times you get to the second round of the playoffs and you're telling, you're saying any six of those could represent their conference and win it all. You know who's starting to feel like one of those longer shots, and we could be sitting here tomorrow and we could be looking kind of silly, or at least I could? It's the Suns. Phoenix. Yeah. The, the Suns went from, hey, you know, because they, they still only lost two games with Kevin Durant, yeah. but the Nuggets looked like the better team that other night. And then, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's one game. It's a seven-game series. These things, the, the momentum swings to sell me back on and that. forth. But they do not look like that unstoppable force like they like we thought they would look when they made that trade they're so thin they're really good with their five but after that it gets thin in a hurry I, i'm i'm you and i we, we talked about this a little bit earlier 
there was when the playoffs started, you told me to pick one team I'd take the Phoenix Suns out of the West. Me too. One round in, both you and I were like, Yeah, I'll go Denver. Who you want now? One team out of the whole thing? No, out of the West. I think I think whoever wins our series goes to the NBA finals. You do? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna so still they, have they, my hesitation. You're on your third team. I'm gonna I'm gonna still have my hesitation on the Nuggets. And I shouldn't. Fair. And I shouldn't because they are legit. They're doing everything. They've there's nothing that they've done wrong. But I still look at the individual players that have done it, it before. It's it's a good theory. I'm going to stick with the Nuggets at this point, having to pick one out of the West because they haven't even wobbled yet. The Lakers have wobbled. They the, haven't. The, right. the, the Warriors have wobbled. The Suns have definitely wobbled. The Nuggets are the one team so far that haven't. Even the Celtics on the other half of the draw, they had that all of a sudden. It's like, wait, why are we going back to Atlanta to play this game? Because Trey Young's hitting 40 footers again. What's going on? Embiid, we don't know his health. Embiid's pr- doubtful for the game tonight. I think as they said, it's unlikely that he played but the Nuggets are the only team that you've looked at and said they have not had even a li- – the one game they lost, I think, went OT. into overtime, yeah. and it felt like, all right, it's the NBA. You're going to lose occasionally. Other than that, they've been rock solid. So living, working, growing up in um, L.A. Slee, you run into people that are in show business, right? Yep. You run into people that uh, make things or in things, know people that are in these things, and – I, uh, I have a favor to ask to anybody that's in this business because there's a show that's in development that I would very much like to be a part of. But before we do that, um, Emily, you said you ran into a, a showbiz person over the weekend? Yes, I ran into a famous person. I was driving. Uh, my friend and I, on Fridays, sometimes we'll like walk the Strand uh, from Manhattan Beach to Hermosa Beach. And so we go, went to go park my car. And she's like, that's a, that's a famous person, right? And I was like, I immediately I was like, this is this person. So... I want you guys to guess who you think I saw that I could recognize immediately. Al Gore. No. It is a man. Okay. Jerry Seinfeld. No. Get some hints here. Okay. <laughs> Richard Jefferson. Ask take the us question. a while. Okay. It's, um, it's a comedian. He, But I wouldn't say he, he doesn't do stand-up. Black or white? White. He doesn't do stand-up, but he's been in comedies, comedies that kind of formed a generation, I feel like. I was close um, with Early 2000s-ish. Yeah, that's ish. Early 2000s white stand-up. may or may not have had uh, someone say that look, you look like them. Larry the Cable Guy? No, I didn't see Larry we the found, Cable Don't lie. Guy. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> we figured it out. Bert Kreischer? No. That I look like? Jim Gaffigan? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I wouldn't know. He's been a movie. You you know this person, so give me one a, of his movies. Here's a big hint. Too easy. There's a okay. I'll do a not so easy hint. Uh, let me let me scroll. But he was one of the people that I believe it was. Um, someone said for the the casting of the ESPN LA story. Yeah. You, him, Jason Siegel. No, it's not Jason. Vince Siegel. Vaughn. Yes. Oh, okay. I saw Vince Vaughn. I parked next to Vince Vaughn. I love you, but you look nothing. <laughs> no. Are you nothing. sure it wasn't Trav, Emily? <laughs> it wasn't nothing. Trav. Vince Vaughn is nothing like three like inches Vaughn. taller than I am. Vince Vaughn's- He's really tall. Yeah, he's like 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six. He's a big yes. guy. And so, yeah, I-, I But dark hair, like it's just it is nothing. <laughs> I like that people wanted to be nice to me and say that, but Larry the Cable Guy is a far more okay. uh, resemblance. I will say this. That's one of the few that I'd be like, oh my gosh, Vince yeah, Vaughn. That's a big one. 
That's a really big did one. Did you say anything or did you just no. point at him like an animal in I the zoo? I didn't point at him. I didn't do anything. I just I pulled Look, in. Vince Vaughn, we right in, there. We were in my car. That's when she said, oh, it's a famous person. I would have honked. And, but I, I parked um, you know, a couple of spaces away and he was just chatting with someone. I guess he had his, his uh, a kid too with him and, uh, you know. Uh, she wanted to take a picture, and I was like, "No, that's no, no, yeah, no, that's she should have done deal. it. No, thank you." That's I was like, no, again. It's You're cool. probably not, but it's just. I the, saw him like a month ago at a Kings hockey game. But also, he's, who he's cares everywhere. If okay, I have maybe you'll see him once a month. What I, Emily just said. <laughs> yeah. What Emily just said. Like to see him, cool. One of those things. Like the story Emily just shared. Good story, but says she doesn't need to prove it to me by saying, "Here's my picture of me standing next to him awkwardly when we took it. a picture on the street." That's all. yeah. So if I never see him again, I don't really care. Like you should have just done it where he's behind her, and then she could have just took a shot like who's, that. Who's the most famous person you've ever seen in the wild? Well, at Laker games, I guess that that's doesn't a count. Thing. That's yeah, like yeah. a, yeah, Laker, a literally Laker games too concentration much, yeah. is yeah. way too high. That doesn't count. Just you're out hmm. restaurant, walking down the street, grocery store, something like that. Is it um, Ed Helms that you saw at Starbucks one time? That's could, a pretty good one. Could be. I'm trying to think if there's, and I was kind of holding on to that one saying, nah, it might be somebody else. It's pretty good. I don't know if there's another one. Taylor, do you have one? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's a oh, great, that's a great one. one. Where'd you see him? The Palm. Oh, having dinner? Yeah. Okay. Mine Would is- you just like cutting into your steak saying, oh. Iron Man, what's up? <laughs> you should have gone deep track and like asked him about weird science or something like that. Like go way into his film. I life. wouldn't even know what to say, honestly, to- Loved you in weird science. What's up with Deb and Hilly? <laughs> I'd be lying. <laughs> Joe Pesci at a car wash. Oh, that's oh, yeah. game was, over. It nice. was that's game no, over. his is much bigger. He's Iron Man. He's like in the biggest grossing movies of all time. I'd rather see. I would too, yeah. but his <laughs> is a see. much bigger Like the Vince star. Vaughn one is, that's like an exciting one. Like, wow, that's that's Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Joe Pesci. For us. Getting his car washed. Just sitting there. Amazing. Think, this, is back, this was before like cell phones. Mm-hmm. Just reading the newspaper. Just hanging out. Toothpick hey. too. And just. I don't, it just, it was odd like oh that's awesome look joe pet hey what's up didn't it's pretty exciting so i got one more at a restaurant too gordon ramsay that's a good one mm. yeah does but is that not a little like laker celebrity thing because gordon ramsay and was he eating or was he cooking eating with his family oh, okay that, that, yeah, that with definitely his counts mm-hmm. all right so with the idea of wanting to get somebody in the industry's help on this uh somebody sent me this this weekend i just sent it to you Slee. yeah the slug from the hollywood reporter says Dodger great Fernando Valenzuela getting limited series treatment. And this is a scripted series that they're going to try to put together that does not have a home yet. It's going to be called uh, Fernando Mania. And it's going to tell the story of his rise from the small town of Mexico that he grew up in Mm. to coming to Los Angeles and his kind of reconnecting the Mexican-American community here in Los Angeles that had been um, kind of marginalized by the Dodger Stadium Chavez Ravine project and everything. There was some bad blood there for a very long time. Fernando built that bridge together. Fernando's a part of it. He's one of the executive producers on this whole thing. And I don't ask for much, but I would very, very much like to somehow – be involved in this, even if it's just as an extra standing in the background doing nothing. Yeah, this I, has to happen. I was going to say, I was going to say, I, I think your the best shot you have is if you're in the background somewhere, right? Just just in the Great. background, not trying to do much, just trying to help out where you can. Um, I don't need to play Bert Hooten, who was in the rotation, rotation when he came. The question is going to be, I think what you got to ask, you got to ask Mace when he comes in. You know, Mace, I feel like, is connected. I feel like Mace knows some people, right? Everybody knows Mace also for being in a league of their own. Mm -hmm. 
maybe Mace has an angle here. Maybe there's a way that Mace can help out. I'm going to ask. What if you asked him and then he thought it was a good idea and then he's in it? It's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> and then he's like, eventually if, in if it. If he usurps the role, then good for him for having more connections than I do, which he definitely does. But does this not seem like something that they're going to need somebody like me? Not to do anything meaningful, just to kind of... I'll be a seat filler at Dodger Stadium. We can mm-hmm. go over there and shoot it in the middle of the winter. I'll go retro Dodger cap, one of those old helmets with the little brown crown on the What inside. if they did like auditions and you didn't make the cut? <laughs> To just I, be in the stands. I would go to acting school. I would apply to the Yale School of Drama. I would go down to USC and UCLA and anywhere else that has a film school and study my And ass if on. you asked, you said, what did I do wrong? You said, you ate your food way too fast. Travis, yes. so what if this... Let okay, the food so marinate. You, you know, you get uh, be an extra on this and then the, the limited series gets made. If it lives on something like Hulu or uh-huh. HBO, would you pay a subscription fee to watch the Fernando Mania? I, I'm in it or I'm not in it? Yes, yes. The answer is yes. No matter where this thing exists, I don't care if it's in some wildly esoteric, weird streaming service. Right. I'm buying this. I need to see it. Whether it's great or, or terrible or anywhere You between, have to see it. Of course I you do. It'll be great. It'll yeah. be great. It, it's a pretty good story. Yeah. If Fernando's involved, you're going to get some pretty good juice in it. What what roles could I play other than just fan? third base coach? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Why don't you sit in third base? That's not a bad idea yeah. at all. That's I. That was probably Joe. Oh, see. Okay. This is how big. Well, the here's the problem. Here's ready? the problem too. Then you're heavily involved. Well, actually, but we don't know. Here's that. the problem. Yeah. I know who the third base coach was for the Dodgers during that era. Joey Amalfitano. He was there forever and ever and ever. I'm a lot bigger than he is. Mm. I would not like Dodger fans would know. Like, oh, nah, that doesn't. Yeah, Joey no. Amalfitano. Would you play an guy. umpire? Okay. Yeah, I could see you. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. Getting closer. Call some strikes. No, I think, but he'll be on first. He'll be first. The first base coach? Yeah. That was Manny Mota. No, no, I'm saying the, uh, (laughs) you're the ump at first. first, I want to be behind the plate. I know you do, but they, they, (laughs) I know, but they went through everything and they just said, look, we can't give you this role, but we're giving you that role. I have the carriage of a home plate umpire, right? Like I, I feel like I could, because look, somebody's going to be playing Mike Sosha back there. You need somebody that can fill up the, the, the the scene a little bit. Yeah. I think this is a good idea. People reach out, hook me up. Let's take care of this. Somebody's listening has some kind of connection to this. I, I just look. I, I'll come in and sweep the set, right? If we're doing like some set work and you just need some janitorial services, I don't care what it is. I just want to be a part of it. It's a good thing to be a part of. What show do you want to be a part of, Slee? But by, by the way, I thought a little bit more. Um, one time, was having dinner at a restaurant, and Kevin Hart was sitting in the. So that's the biggest one. Kevin Hart was sitting like literally right. Name right in front somebody just cut right to as my buddy greg said trav you could play Sosha. i i mean bald bigger this kind I of think tra- you might have a shot I, here i could catch the you ball. can go for Sosha, and then whatever if if Sosha doesn't pan out <laughs> look you'll take any other role underneath. i could be an act a catcher as an actor I, mm-hmm. I i know the moves you know like I, what have you heard me complain about a million times you can't have somebody out there that doesn't look like they know what they're doing yeah finding someone that can throw like fernando is going to be a challenge Right, the Fernando's a very specific windup, eyes to the sky. You're the in the baseball thing. world. I could go life. back behind the home plate. Yeah. I could pull that off. It's been in a very limited. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to get some creative editing, but I could pull it off. Okay, let, let's just pretend for a quick second. You are casting for that role. <laughs> yes. Two two count. You're the ump behind the plate. 
what's your what's your strike three call? Okay, so this is you, you ready? Yeah. I need you to tell me which umpire I'm playing because I know how they all used to do it. My level of dorkiness when it okay, comes to which, this stuff. Okay, which whichever one you think Dutch Renner helps you get the I, get I the role. Be Dutch look right into that. Look right into that camera there. It's a two-two count, and you're getting a chance right now. Give me a second to get into character. Yep, so get into character. To talk for a second. Yep. But I'm going to get there, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. my Dutch Renner. Yep. Um, the one-two pitch ball. 2-2 two, two now. Sitting at 2-2 two, two right now, and I'm going to let you take over from here. Here comes the 2-2 two, two pitch. Strike! Two! That's how he would do it. That was Dutch Renner. Every time there was a strike, he would jump up, raise his hand in the air, make a 90-degree turn to his yeah. right, and either one, I'm gonna, two, or three. As an outsider here. The fact that you went with somebody that animated. That, now I'm saying to myself, this guy wants, he's basically trying to take over the scene. Now nobody <laughs> even remembers Fernando. I'm a methodsly. If it's about Dutch, if it's John McSherry, I got to go put on 150 pounds because that's how it was that back in the day. Like I know all of these guys along the way. I'm going to fill that role perfectly. All right, let's see how it uh, pans out. This is pretty cool and also a little bit frustrating. So I mentioned it earlier. Dodgers open a series against the Philadelphia Phillies uh, today at Dodger Stadium. But tomorrow, Bryce Harper is yeah. expected to be back in the lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's going to be the DH tomorrow. Uh, that, according to Jeff Passan, only 159 days after Tommy John surgery, two-time MVP Bryce Harper has been cleared to play by the Philadelphia Phillies. That's about half the time it usually takes to come back from that injury. How is that possible? That's why I'm and, and is he now going to kind of set this new standard where um, coming back from this injury is going to be? It's not that he got back a month earlier. When you just said half About the half amount the time. of time, I, I don't understand. I remember this was a couple of weeks ago that. Hey, he's on pace to come back in early May. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to figure out what are you talking about. Let's do the math here. That's unbelievable. Well, okay, so. I don't know because he could DH, right? And Bryce Harper could play July. first base. He could play right field. These mm-hmm. are the places he could play. First base, you don't have to throw very much, so he could probably survive over there without having a, a crazy throwing program. You got to throw if you're going to play right field. So maybe where he's going to play and has something to do with it. Forgive me for being. I'm already thinking about Otani as a Dodger. I'm already thinking about the risks that go along with Otani being a Dodger. You see where I'm going with this, right? that if he injured himself in his elbow, that shuts his pitching down probably for a year, right? That's what it, Walker Bueller got his surgery last year. He's going to come back about a year mm-hmm. later. That's what it is. But what if there is like a middle ground where if a player like Ot- – and there aren't any other guys like Otani, but sure. he could come back as your designated hitter in six months? That's a game changer because at least you're getting half of it in the event. Hopefully it never becomes – he's already had to deal with an elbow injury once – but it is interesting that if you can, with the DH in both leagues, first base where you don't have to throw a ton, you could hide a guy with a Tommy John surgery six months after it happens. So he's the only person where we're having this because we've had we had this conversation last week. Hey, if you know if he ends up, you're losing two players, not just one. The caller had called in maybe a month ago or so and mentioned that. But to even have that conversation again makes me take a step back when Shohei was just a what was he a. a a triple shy of a cycle, yeah, Homer or Homer shy or a Homer shy, 
every time we just bring Shohei into these equations, I'm like, I don't. None of this makes sense. None <laughs> it of it really makes doesn't. Sense. But am I am I just out of my mind? I'm everything I see through the prism of baseball, whether it's Bryce Harper coming back from an injury or a free agent deal or a trade or Kohei Kershaw. Everything I look at is through how does that affect Otani going to the Dodgers? Okay, I, I will tell you, and I don't know if they've taken a poll here. I don't know if. It probably doesn't happen. GMs, all that stuff. If you can guess, how about all just the MLB experts? You're going to pick one team that you think Shohei Otani is going to be on a year from today. Wouldn't the largest percentage be the Los Angeles Dodgers? I think probably. So I think I don't think what you're saying is crazy. I just can't stop thinking about it. I got a little preoccupation about the whole thing. The NBA fined Dylan Brooks twenty five thousand bucks for not speaking to the media during their first round series against the Lakers. The league announced on Sunday. So remember, we were talking like he's he's shooting his mouth off after they win some games. Yeah. After they lose, he really didn't say Nothing. anything until yesterday. Um, cost him twenty five grand for doing it. Did you see that video? Or not doing it? Did you see that video um, of Dylan Brooks walking? It looked like from the arena to the Ritz Carlton, the Marriott, right here. Yeah. Okay. So after Game Six, he just went on one of those. I'm going to go take. No, guys, I'm not going to take the bus. I'm just going to go get some fresh air, and I'm going to walk from the arena to the hotel. So just so people that might not know, I think most people do, yeah. crypto to the hotel I was talking about, it's not too a couple hundred yards. Yeah, it's, it, it's mo- not far at all. It's not far at all. And the entire way, Laker fans, and there's somebody <laughs> videotaping, giving him the you-know-what. Oh, you're not going to say anything, you say this? And that entire walk, no headphones, nothing. It looks like he was just soaking it all in. People run in their mouth, and he said nothing. The man did not have much to say. After what did you make of it? That, that he took the walk is interesting. I, no, I was okay. I, I'm yeah. actually taking the walk knowing that every Laker fan is going to be on him for the entire – you know, we'll never be able to rate, relate to this. This guy probably just said to himself, man, I ran my mouth. I look like an idiot. I'm an unrestricted free agent. I couldn't hit a shot. I'm just going to go take a walk. The season is over. And then here's 80 Laker fans walking with him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. What'd you make a jog after after shortly after saying, looking, my stuff negatively impacted this team. My off the court stuff had a, an effect on this team that did not help us. I need to do better moving forward. I thought that the timing of it was interesting. I like the perspective because unfortunately for the Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of the times that we talked about them this year, it was less about basketball. It was more about, here's Ja Morant's situation, going live on AG, flashing a gun. Um, it's, what are the things Dylan Brooks said? It's That's a team, and I hope, I really do hope them and Dylan Brooks, I hope they just part ways, Dylan Brooks goes, finds another place. They need some vets in that locker room. Because they got talent. They, they got, I didn't really feel like they were a threat. But they weren't a threat because they were injured and because they were immature. There was just that portion of it you can control to go get the right people in the locker room. I don't think they had the right people. They there. do need somebody in there that is, the, you know, to use the phrase that everybody is using and overusing the adult in the room, right? That that's one part of it. But I think that the other part of it is you could have the most mature, upstanding guys in there. It's up to Jaw to set a better example mm. because even if you have the the elder statesman that's in there saying, "Guys, let's make sure we get our rest and take practice seriously." Will he listen or not? If the, not even him. If the best player on the team is off the rails, the other guys are going to follow the example set by the best player on the team. They 
always do. That's now point. he doesn't have to be the most vocal. He doesn't have to be the the per, he doesn't have to be LeBron James in other words. But you can't be the guy that is actively distracting and actively sabotaging your own team's best interest, and that he at least acknowledge that he was I think is a, is a step in the right direction. I, I think you're right about that I think that's good perspective if he said nothing and said you know what no yeah had no regrets that's different sound like he had a little bit regrets on it so the Boston Bruins basically pulled a Los Angeles Dodgers the Boston Bruins had the greatest regular season in league history hmm. no one had ever collected more points over the course of a regular season the Boston Bruins out in the first round of the NHL playoffs. The uh, Florida Panthers get them in a Game 7 overtime winner yesterday, Slee, and hand to God, I watched the entire game yesterday. It was amazing. I don't know any players on either of those teams. Not, not a Bruins fan, not a Panthers fan. It was awesome to watch because you could feel it. Mm. They fell behind 2 to nothing. You're like, they're going to blow this. Then they took a three to two lead. Like these sons of guns, they're going to escape. They're going to now. If they get out of this, they're going to win the whole damn thing. Mm. They gave up a goal with 38 seconds left in regulation to tie the game. Goes into overtime. Like five minutes into overtime, bang! They gave they up a up, goal with 38 seconds left. Yep, 38 seconds left to tie it. To send it. it was awesome. It was terrific. I enjoyed every single moment. So there are there are moments like that in whatever sport you're a fan of. But let me use one example when the Patriots started 17 and 0. Right. When the Golden State Warriors set a record and won 73 games. Yes. It's not uncommon. No. What was it? The Mariners. The Mariners. Have the all-time. wins, I think. It's not. I, I don't know the what Dodgers it is. The won 111 last year. But I don't know what it is that if that adds this just you're supposed to win. every. You have no margin for error. The only thing that comes out of it, you either start building some momentum or you get clipped early. A lot of those teams get clipped early. I know Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. 38 seconds left. Game-tying wow. goal. It was it was pretty exciting. Kraken also won in Game 7 yesterday against the number 1 seed in the Western Conference, defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. I was basically Barry Melrose yesterday afternoon, Slee. I watched, I watched a lot of hockey. That's what happens when there's not a lot of basketball on late in the day. How many people have hit you on Twitter saying, hey, you will be the umpire for <laughs> okay. this? Let, 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 let's get into that. I have a lot of questions, and Mace is the person that I want to ask them with. Let's, do a, little, umpire. <laughs> let's do a little super crosstalk. <laughs> All right, so Mace, you are um, part inspiration, and hopefully you can be part of problem solving. I aim to inspire. Good. Well, you have so yes. far. You were in a league of their own. I was. You were. Angry fan number three. Angry fan number three. How did you get that role? Uh, I went to Evansville, Indiana on a bus filled with listeners, uh, and they were looking for extras for the shooting of a league of their own. And they picked me out of the group. Did you, was said, there an audition or is it just you, 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 and you? You, you, you look good in this hat was basically the, the okay. old-fashioned-y kind of hat sure. uh, that I would slam down at the critical moment. <laughs> but I must have had a period look to me because that's why they, they chose me out of the crowd. Okay, so th- it was It was not an luck audition. Luck of the draw. Didn't re- I've read for other things. I didn't yeah. read for this. This one, it was just... <laughs> You're the guy. He yeah. refused to read. I, <laughs> yeah, the no, stars I don't. don't read. At that point, right? I, I don't read for roles. I like that. Yeah. Like the that. reason I ask yep. is a Hollywood reporter, Fernando Mania is coming back. 
Universal Content Productions is teaming up with the beloved Dodger pitcher turned broadcaster for a scripted limited series based on his life and career. A network slash platform is not yet attached. The project, which is in development, hails from writers Micah Fitzerman Blue and Noah Harpster. Then they list some of their credits along okay. the way. Uh, anything we would know? Uh, Major League Baseball's Nick Trotta, the captain 30 for 30, is also attached to produce. Um, they've written for things for Painkiller and adapting Disney's Bambi. Okay, so th- but this is a live-action narrative story, not a documentary yes. about Not a Fernando. documentary, okay, a scripted it. series. Yes, docudrama. A docudrama. There you go. I desperately want to be involved in this. Oh, yeah? How do I do this? What's the game plan? Okay. How do I get involved yeah. in this? All right, so it's not attached to a platform yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, tell me the two names. The two names are, let's see here, Micah. Fitzerman Blue. Yes. And Noah Harpster. Okay. Now, what did I tell you to do with Spirit Airlines, Slee? You told me to email the CEO, go right to the top. Yes. So I think what you're saying and implying here is, Trav, you find these guys' email address. Yes. And you introduce yourself to them. Yes. And you tell them how much you're excited about this Fernando, um, life belongs okay, to the bulls. They my are friend. likely. They this are is likely this is a great idea. Base, by the way, they're likely baseball fans. Yes, they are likely sports fans, and they see, very, may very well know you. See if they follow you on Twitter. Oh, that's a good. You plan. might be able to actually DM them. That's yeah. a good plan. Yeah, this is all very good ideas. But yeah, I, I do want to say this. Your advice on Spirit Airlines, we emailed um, <laughs> earlier today for the third time. Okay. I am 0 for 3, but You've I'm not, not a good example. You've response Nothing. from the CEO Nothing. of Spirit Airlines. He does not care about my $85 extra baggage wow. fee. Some spam filters on that yeah. account. Yeah. <laughs> to weed out stuff. I still like the idea that he that he came with. Maybe it doesn't work for me. What Chad, about, maybe you're what the about umpire. VP Public Affairs? What about Cust- that one? Customer service goes into too big of a black but hole. But public affairs yeah. is bigger, right? That's, yes. That's like... I'm write not a bad way yeah, to do public, it. Yeah, VP public affairs. And I and could you, even... I would just go to the guy. I'm, I'm going to do it. What role, So, obviously, I don't, I'll take anything that's yeah. available to me. I've already gotten some suggestions that I should play Terry Forster, which I didn't... Terry Forster! Once <laughs> referenced uh, by... Big tub of goo. Big tub of goo, David Letterman <laughs> used to he, call him. He doesn't want to be in the background anymore. Now, he, his confidence is going up to where he wants a real part. Yeah. Well, look, I'll take what well, I... He's got to leave the show for 60 I have a days. To... background. I could be out there. I'm too old to be a player. Obviously, be a I, scout. I can't do that. Maybe. Third yep. base. Slee suggested third base coach. Something, something along those Pitching lines. Base coach. Coach. Sure. Pitching coach. You could bring your actual experience. I could be oh, Ron Paranowski. Yes. Let's look at All Ron right. Paranowski. Uh, by the way, it's not super far off. You got to find Ron Paranowski as an older guy. He does look a little bit well, like Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> He's got that Larry the Cable Guy look. So do you. I mean, everybody knows Peter what he looks like, though, off the top of their head. So you got to nail that cast. Well, I'd have to dye the rest of my hair white because Ron Paranowski, in the picture you're looking at, all yes. white hair, yes. right? He's all very gray. Yep. So I'd have to go a little bit grayer, but I think I could pull it off. I think I've you never could pull acted. It off. I've never acted. A, Is that right? Never. Not not for a single. You know, day. We'll, have you ever heard uh, when we do uh, Jorge's masterclass? where we give Jorge an acting scene cold <laughs> yes. and he just delivers it. Yes. Maybe tomorrow mm. we should have Travis do You'll pick the scene? a Travis masterclass. Yes, we will hand you the script, <laughs> okay. sight unseen, like and you will deliver. 
All right. And and I think that, uh, what is it, Noah Feldstein? Who is it? Uh, Fitzerman Blue, Fitzerman I believe it Blue. is. Yes. These guys may this might be well the real. This might be the real that you guys send to them. Exactly. That, that you email to them. Micah Fitzerman Blue and Noah Harpster. Okay. Yes. Those, are, those are the guys. Those are the so guys. So tomorrow, oh, and I know the perfect, <laughs> I know the perfect script. All right. I know the perfect script for this. Does Slee get a role in this or is it just a monologue? It's, uh, let me see. Yeah, you get a line. Okay. Right. You get a line. All right. If if necessary, are are you willing to get on the couch? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I prefer not to, but you know, look, I'm I want to be in this <laughs> yeah. project. Yeah. I want to participate in this project. Andy's Andy's an actor yeah, also. I have Andy, an acting background. I studied it. Any at tips? Um, go for it. In your audition, you're never as big as you feel in your That's head. That's a really good point. You always feel like you're over the top in your head. Mm. Like, oh, I should be bringing this back. In reality, you need to be turning it up. By the way, and I always, in my auditions, always afterwards think, I went way too small. I went way too small. Like, uh, did you ever see the... Uh, actually, you were here the day we were going to have Jason Momoa on the show. Yeah. And Jason Momoa's uh, audition for Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. I mean, he went big and bold. That's what you got. You got to be big and bold, There's a great man. story Danny DeVito told when he auditioned for Taxi. You know, to play Louis De Palma, the, the jerk who runs the, yep. the taxi cab station. He came in, took the script blew his nose in it, and yelled, who writes this crap? <laughs> they big. loved him right off the wow. bat. They loved him. We're doing this tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Yep. All right. I'm, a, I, I'm here for it. I'm gonna... I think you might have a shot here. But you got to reach out to them. you got to reach out to them. And the fact that I'm gonna, we're... I'm going to do that. The fact that we're literally promoting it, too, in L.A., on a sports radio station, I mean, there's also some ties for them. This is good. Oh, no, this is real. This is the sweet spot You're the me. guy that's talking about this. You're creating the buzz. They're looking for a platform right now, and you're the guy that's helping. And how many times have we talked about me watching the documentary on Fernando, oh my Fernando Mania? It's that's my all-time favorite show. It's like your go-to. It's unbelievable. It's, the, it's the soothing. It's, it's, it's got, relaxing yeah, It's got me. awkward so, at times. Look, yeah. I'll, I'll put it in this research. A little, it is a little I'll, weird. I'll, whatever they need, I'm here to help them along yeah. the way. Is that what you put on to go to sleep at night? What do you mean? Do you have a show to put on to go to sleep yeah. at night? I yeah, do. Dodger, what is your go to? Seinfeld. Uh, Se- you go to sleep to Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Because in my wife and I have had this argument basically every night that she usually goes to bed a little later than I am, so she's not in there all the time. But when we are, she's like, you've seen this one 1,000 times, you know, 10, times. Like, that's why it's the lullaby. Correct. So I don't have to listen to what's going on. I know what's going on. I start thinking about the joke that's coming, and boom, lights out. Yeah. Now, it takes about 30 seconds. Slee, do you have a, a go-to show to go to sleep to? Uh, for the most part, when I go to bed, I'm not watching anything. Nothing. You no. just do you? turn the TV off. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Uh, it is one of two documentaries. It's either the Elizabeth Holmes documentary, where she holds up that little thing, and mm-hmm. she's so creepy in the eyes and all that, <laughs> and the uh, Tom Cruise Going Clear documentary, which I find to be like the I most I don't know fast- that one. Oh! What Andy. a soothing thing to go to sleep Andy. to. Both of them oh. sound aggressive. No, no. I'm t- you've never seen either one? I've, the Elizabeth Holmes one. I don't, there's a couple different Elizabeth this Holmes things out there. This is a documentary that explains oh, the entire story. Oh, it's not story. the Amanda Seyfried thing. It's not thing. the Amanda Seyfried. No. Okay. If you want to know what's going on, this is perfect. And then the Going Clear one is a great documentary. Going Clear, to me, feels like a very unsettling way to go to sleep. <laughs> but you do you, Mace. Yeah. Do you have one? I uh, used to. I used to put on TV and stuff like that in the background to go to sleep, but I've become such an insomniac that even the stuff that I know backwards and forwards that's supposed to be background noise, Not that will now distract me. Like, mm. basically, my instead of shows, I, I've 
opted now for pills and gummies. <laughs> yeah. You, know you should do. You should put the whatever it takes, right? You should do the top ten on Spectrum so you can keep seeing yourself. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just what keep I'd, critiquing yep. myself. Occasionally, I'll be in here and like the one of those top tens I did will come up over my uh, shoulder in Ireland. Go there, you go. It's like I, I saw AK yesterday randomly on one of the top like tens. You are like one of the go-to top ten yeah. guys. It's been in a lot of that. Well, you are in a million of them. Brian, obviously, John is in just John about is every in single lots one. Of them. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I I've only run into yours once or twice. Yeah, I didn't. I you know. They, they didn't what was pay, the topic? They didn't pay enough. <laughs> I like that. that. <laughs> Is it for you, you come to come down, right? Yeah. Come on down. Yeah, no, come exactly. Come on down and give us a couple hey, hours you, of your time. You got, you got a couple of free minutes for us? Whatever it would take. Look, if that's, I, I will work for free. I don't know if I can do that as a SAG member. I probably have to get scale in my Fernando role, right? That is, oh, you would yeah. have to get scale. Tell them yeah. you'll defer yeah. it. Yeah. Is that something you I can, can do? Maybe you can defer your scale payment. Oh, okay. I got it. Here's, you should also use this phrase. I'd like something on the back end. Just say that. <laughs> I want points on the yeah, back end. Yeah, just say that, and that will make you. No, I'm a player. That will move right yep. up the list And then if they you. say, what do you mean, then you don't have another answer. Cool. Like, I, you know I had what? to I read this thing. Like, like there's no way this is they're actually turning this into a series. This feels like way too perfect of an opportunity for me. I've, I have no ambitions to act except for in this particular series. I've got a great, uh, among among other scenes, there's a scene between me and uh, Jaleel White from Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus that is uh, on YouTube. And I got to say. Do you hold your own? I hold my own. Damn right you do. I hold my own. There's always one that somebody always steals the shot. That right. was me. How is Jaleel White in a more dramatic environment? Super nice guy wanted to ask me only about fantasy football. He's like, oh, <laughs> awesome. oh, I want to ask you about my fantasy football team. Well, that's He's what, like every other sports You fan. should have said one fantasy football question for every Urkel question. For every, you, oh, you got to go back I and forth. I did not reference Urkel. Yeah. I hear that he hates the reference to mm. Urkel. Okay, I understand oh, kind not of enough to cash over in it. On He's got no choice. He's got I, no choice. I, I, right. Yeah. And I would imagine that Urkel made him a very wealthy man. I, oh, I, 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 I would so. think that I'm willing to kind of take the Urkel question if it means I get that residual every couple of weeks. I actually imagine the people who resent Urkel more, more. it's not Jaleel White, it's all the other stars of Family Matters because they were supposed to be the star of that show. Sure. Right, Urkel right. was just brought in to be a goofy side he stole the show. He, re he reinvented the entire show. Yeah. It ended up completely centered around Urkel that was not the plan. Seriously? Yeah. No. That was not the plan at all. The Fernando yeah, show. no. Yeah, you I could. could in, you could steal could, the entire show. We're going to turn this off. We're going to make this about Ron Paranoski. <laughs> yes. The, the, the Ron Paranoski scripted story. series. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Good idea. Not a bad idea. So, Warriors, Lakers starting tomorrow. Hadn't heard. Um, I just, it's. I keep going back and forth. I keep going back that, okay, this is a good matchup for them. This is a bad matchup for them. Is it just a matter of these are two really good teams and this is going to go a long way? It what feels I, like it. What I think is really interesting is we know really nothing about the matchup because the three games that they played post-trade deadline all had different guys missing, missing. from each yep. team. Yep. So, I mean, I think we learned that the Lakers, not at full strength, can hang with the Warriors, not at full strength. But in terms of trying to predict how certain things will go over the course of a series, and a series is totally different animal than individual games, we really got nothing to go a AK, on. on top of that, too, if you could say, well, you know, the Golden State Warriors are they're one of the worst road teams in the entire NBA, it's playoffs. Yeah. They just won two, their last two wins were both in Sacramento on the road. It is weird, though, to go 10-31 and 31 at, it on is, the road. But, 10-31 but, but is, is take a that. 
a trend. You're right. They just finished the last two wins that they got were both in yeah, Sacramento. That's true. Yeah. That if there's a team and they have a beam and everything over there. You know if, what though? Not anymore. Is, he, is Taylor gone? Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't want. Really, I is, felt bad for Taylor. <laughs> it's you? worth noting. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I think the Warriors tightened up in that game seven. Do you really? They missed eleven free throws. Steph even missed a couple. Steph needed fifty, mm-hmm. and Kevon Looney had twenty-one rebounds. Rest of the team: Wiggins, Clay, Jordan, Poole, all right. Them were, Clay had a tough night. Like yeah. I think, yeah, but they beat him in twenty by twenty, right? Right. Steph had fifty. Yeah. Like if say Steph only has thirty. Which is a lot. That game's totally different. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, if Steph wouldn't have scored the fifty, then some somebody would have made based up on those what points. Based on what the other guy's he, shooting like twenty yeah. percent. He was so good. He's going to take mean, all the shots along the. I, that I did not, it, it didn't come down. It did not come down to the last couple of minutes. No, no, no. they had. You can't just subtract twenty points from. Steph no, but the say, point being though, the rest been a tie game. No, but the rest of the team didn't seem up for it. Right. That's my point. Right, like the idea that the Warriors showed that they could slay the Dragons on the road. It's like no, Steph. Showed he can slay the dragons on the road. Yeah, but you don't really think that Draymond and Looney and Clay and those guys they they could have a bad game. But it's not that it gets big for those guys. They've been in a they million played, of those games. Except they played awful in this game. Yeah, but that's just that's a bad game rather than it got big, right? I mean, if they if they perpetually had bad See, games, I as think it got tighter. That's the one team that I feel like it's a bad they're day. okay when it comes to the big moment. I don't know. I mean, Kobe game seven against the Celtics by his own admission lost it under the magnitude of everything that that series represented. Right. And there was nobody in the league more been there, done that than Kobe. And by his own admission, he kind of wigged out. I yeah. Can, I cannot wait for my scene tomorrow. I, I'm, oh, I'm going to start thinking about it. Too. I can't wait to do it. Such a good it's scene. A th- your part is 35 minutes, just so <laughs> you know. It's, like, a, it's a stretch, too. Is I it? Think it's, I think it's really going to stretch you All right. as an actor. So I, I'm going to read it. I don't have to learn it. No, no, you don't have to. Yeah. Have you no. seen the movie A Clockwork you're, Orange? You're not even. Yeah, <laughs> it's from A Clockwork Orange. We're going to open your eyes right? really it's wide. It's in a different language, too. <laughs> I, I'm Rowdy McDowell in this <laughs> scene. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Rowdy McDowell's the wrestler. Now's a good time Roddy to say. McDowell is I knew there the was apes. a McDowell involved. Yeah, How about yes. that? There's definitely a McDowell <laughs> and not the one from Coming to America. Super Crosstalks brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. That's what a hamburger is all about. Mason and Island coming up next. My acting debut tomorrow during Super Crosstalk.